at one point. At one point or another, the podcast just wanted to stop um, and reverse and start over. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. We're doing David I'm, Lynch's Dune. I'm, We're, I'm hot with shame right now. We are making this <laughs> opening brisk because... Uh, we just recorded for 25 minutes, and uh, Era's mic was not uh, turned. Not their mic was turned on, but the channel was not on record mode. So it just sounds like Connor and I talking on uh, talking to a ghost, talking to a ghost. the ghost of the ghost. King. Exactly, uh, but we're back now. Should we just redo all the jokes that we 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 had <laughs> and, and, and pretend like we're all hearing it for the first time? No. <laughs> the no. <laughs> Hey, greetings again, comrades. <laughs> You're listening to Ghost Kino podcast about cinema, socialism, and shit posting. Uh, now, 100% free of any sort of technical error because of a of a harebrained idiot producer, uh, which is me, Connor. Uh, oh, I thought that it was. Um, I thought, I thought it was just a a glitch. No, no. Oh, you did it? It's fully on me. It's oh, Connor, fuck you. I know. I'm so, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Get out. Heavy, Get heavy, out right he- now. Heavy is the... All right. I'm, a, I'm a, <laughs> off to my, my, my exile on Arrakis. <laughs> on Arrakis. I'm going to be out, out in the desert. In out a, in, in the in, desert. In a cool-ass skin suit. Uh... Hitting that, hitting that spice, hitting that K two. Do yo like the, get me involved with the fremen. Oh my like, god, the, yeah. the 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 desert suits, the sand suits, the or whatever. Indi- those look, so those are so sexy. By the way, I'm Astro. Uh, in case you didn't know, uh, we're going to quickly do this. But those sand suits, sexy as fuck. Also, libraries are cool. I'm not going to tell the whole story I told last time, but <laughs> libraries are cool. Like check them out. Shout out to libraries. Yeah, shout out to libraries and librarians. That's all I gotta say. Uh, Arrow, uh, you want to introduce yourself <laughs> hello. Now, that, now that way you have your audio? <laughs> hello, it is I, Era. Uh, welcome and hello to comrades, friends, frenemies, counter-revolutionaries, uh, Manchurian candidates, uh, fucking <laughs> all, everyone. Hello. All right, so let's get into it. We're talking about Dune this week. Uh, talking about Dune a lot. Uh, David Lynch's Dune. adaptation. We, we do Dune. not have... We do not have access to the forthcoming. Dune, 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 Dune. Ooh, that was a good. Uh, we do not have access to the forthcoming cinematic adaptation. Uh, oh, we should with, we should do a review of that too. With, oh, wait, wait, on this after. N- neither of you have uh, HBO Max. It's not on HBO. It's Max, not yet. on yet. It's not out yet. No, not yet. Not yet. But I'm asking if you. Oh, I mean, I think access. I can get access. So if to you it. need it, like. I, I can get access to I can it. Hook, like, hook you I'm not up. too worried, but like, we we should do a retrospect of that after. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. We so just talked about for a minute, just kind of a recapping of what we just talked. We were talking about like the similarities between like Star Wars, obviously, and how like David Lynch was supposed to direct. Um, well, not direct. He was asked to direct Return of the Jedi and turned it down to do this movie and the yeah. influence that it had on Star Wars over the years. But now. We're here. And now we're here. Uh, well, yeah. So the, so I guess like the main point uh, to tr- also briefly try to summarize, 
Uh, I thought the opening sequence looked like the casino sequence in The Last Jedi, mm-hmm. uh, but then also connecting this to The Phantom Menace. Oh, yeah, The uh, Phantom Menace as well. Th- whereas uh, in The Phantom Menace, it's like the Trade Federation who are the baddies. Here, it's not the union. It's, uh, to quote Connor, the capital-owning class, like right. literally the emperor the and the... And we just we just surmised the first eighteen minutes. Yeah, here you go. Uh, we, uh, did yeah, much. Four, we did it in four minutes. <laughs> we uh, did it in four minutes. That's perfect. Yes, and I think that gets into uh, well. Uh, should we go over initial impressions again? I, I, I'll do yeah. it. I'll do oh, it. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Initial impressions because yeah. we got to. Yeah. So okay. so era uh, era thankfully is uh, uh, is has big brains. Their big analysis, brains. Their analysis <laughs> of this film, uh, insofar as they they see it as good. Um, <laughs> Oh, it's fucking! Am- I unironically uh, love this. Wh- whereas Astro and I are on Team Hater. Um, I wanted to like this. I was saying to Connor, I wanted to like this movie so bad, and I wanted every. I wanted to be like everybody's wrong. Like this is a masterpiece. But oh, I mean, it is surely an enjoyable film to watch. Don't get me wrong. And yeah. there are um, there are moments of like actual cinematic brilliance, like the visual, like some of like the trippy sequences where Lynch gets into his, like where Lynch actually got to be Lynch a little bit and stuff. The sequences where Lynch really got to be Lynch in this film were good. Like, cause Lynch is amazing. That's probably why he uh, signed on to this project is because there are, uh, there like, in, in spice as a plot device lends itself well to like these weird ass yeah for like, sure i mean visual odysseys yeah. that that let that let lynch be lynch exactly um, and like but i just thought this uh this film was a massive exposition yes and it was just like like the narration of this film that like there are like the dialogue in this film is like some of Lynch's worst dialogue, like, and the entire screenplay was written by him. And I'm like, holy shit, man, you should have, you're a great, he's a great screenwriter, but he should have given someone else that job because God, it's just like, there's so much details. And like, I haven't read the book, so I don't know. I know that like, there's so much different. There's so much more, but it's like, you can't, there's so many details that you can't just like have the characters just read it off as if it's just like, there's no visual storytelling, which Lynch, I feel like, is such a uh, such a incre- like master of, and I feel it's just because there's he has too much material to work with, and he's trying to jam it all in. And I felt well, that, that's the thing mm-hmm. was the the original cut was a lot long a lot longer, mm-hmm. and the studio was like, no, fuck you. But isn't and like, famously he he did not have. Right of final, yeah, he, he, right he put, of final cut, and he also doesn't like when on tel- sometimes on television screenings it, he doesn't even have his name credited on it, right? Yeah, like good old like Alan, Alan Smithy. Yeah, Alan Smithy. But like even the extended version, cause I didn't watch the extended version. But what I w- oh, was God, told no. about the extended version is it's like three hours, which isn't that much longer. It's like forty minutes more. So it's like yeah. what more difference can in for a film like this? You're gonna need more than forty minutes to fix it, and <laughs> but um, you need a time machine and uh well well well, let me bring it back um actually like with the new dune i feel what i what i at least i heard that they're doing is that it's going to be two movies it's going to be two two parts yeah and i'm like that's what that needs like at least two films because it's like it's super dense exactly like dune is actually very very dense exactly i've seen i've seen copies of it i know how big that fucker is it is like like the sci-fi infinite jets three or four c 
thick. Exactly. And so it's like, <laughs> it's like, um, the three hour film, it's just like, even that's not enough. And it's still like the added footage. is just like footage of like people walking and narration, just explaining what's other stuff. And it's like, this isn't visual storytelling, man. No, like, no, and it's no. like Lynch, you are a master visual storyteller. What are you doing? And so that was my, my main, I think the worst things, I think the CGI and the, you know, pacing, some, what the pacing, of the I film. think the CGI and the pacing, could have been forgivable if the script was good. And I just think my, I think the worst thing about this film is the script. And that's what really bothers me the most is I just felt the fit. The script just felt like a mess. Yeah. I think uh, at first uh, my, my biggest gripe with this film were the performances in it. Really? Uh, I didn't have really much of a problem. See, with that, I actually. love yeah. the performance. Well, uh, yeah. yeah you talk, you talk about it a little bit. Yeah. I understand that like, you know, I guess getting back to what we were talking about antagonists of this film and what this film is trying to say in terms of like any sort of ideological stance, um, the Harkonnens are obviously like capitalist ghouls um, mm-hmm. living in a gold palace with their demonic red hair. Don't trust anybody who has red hair, by the way, just as a, just <laughs> as a, a, a ginge. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Like, that's a, <laughs> a little, little side note for, uh, for listeners to the show. I have red hair. That's what we call. This helps uh, you identify yeah. in the street. This is a, yes. It, it You're helped. trying to be like, where, who's, who's this Connor person? As a side note, recently I was at a show and I had my red hair and I was wearing a high visibility vest and it made it easy for my three friends who came late. I was like, do you have any problems finding me? And they're like, no, you're the dude with like the red mm-hmm. hair and the only vest that's glowing. That's like the- my hair is like a visibility vest in clubs. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, so I understand that like Lynch is, Lynch is doing his whole Lynch thing. Getting a little bit of street audio in there. Um, Lynch is like, concrete. I understand that, that, you know, we're, we're supposed to inherently root for one of these noble houses, which not you know well initially in the film i should say you know we're led to respect the fremen and these these freedom fighters these uh these cia trained assets workers more than the spice yeah what a concept yeah um but even so i'm like just jesus christ you have um you have a uh a warts and all red-headed son of a bitch floating around the room this is the best character ever he is. Uh, what is his name? I had it in my notes. I can't remember. Best oh. character ever. He's the head of the House Harkonnen. I know. Absolute, just madman. Um, but even that got tiresome by the time that I really finished. no. I loved him. I loved him for the whole movie. Uh, and you know, I l- lest he, any yeah. let, lest anybody think that I can't appreciate can't oh, appreciate Baron can't. Vladimir Harkonnen. Yeah, Thank yeah, yeah. That Vlad, one. Vlad Harkonnen, Vladdy boy. He's the Let, man. Lest anyone think I can't. Vladdy Splatties. I I can appreciate. <laughs> I can't appreciate camp. It's just it was incredibly <sighs> camp. Oh and my I god! Love it. Just to the well, point that the it be- eyebrows, the eyelashes of his little assistant dude. Well, it there's got, uh, it got a exhausting history. to watch at times. Anyway, go go ahead, Era. I don't know if this was been like proven true or not, because um, oh, granted, I read it on Wikipedia, mm-hmm. but the character and his in- appearance is supposed to be. Like, uh, mm. how do I want to say? Like, he's supposed to be representative of uh, '80s gayness. Yeah, yeah. Like he's supposed I, to be like a uh, like a. I like well, a, I don't. I think that that 
I, I know, yeah, because of the like, because especially it's, like with, it's the, with the public with the perception of like and, and yeah, stuff like and it was supposed to be like representative. The public, of it was like some people read it as like a, a like a a, a a lampooning of like AIDS and stuff like that. And, uh, like, see, with, I didn't think it was a lampooning. Well, no, I don't think I don't know. I just think that that was a projection. I re- I I don't know yeah. if I agree with that analysis. Like, I think that that was a projection. Like, if you yeah. read it that way and that's how you feel about it, like like that's fine but it's like i i don't think that david lynch was like i'm gonna make this person a gay aids person like well i will yeah like i I just don't he's not even thinking about that shit in the 80s but like this had to have been made like what around 81 Mm -hmm. so was it as big in 81 as it was in the mid to late 80s the aids epidemic i don't know i just don't think i've ever seen anything in lynch's work that would be Indi- that'd be indicative of him being a homophobe so it's just like why would you create right. such exactly. a grace a gross character because if that is the reading of it then that's incredibly sick i think but the, it's just like i just don't think he's ever done anything in his career that would make me I think that, that so i just think that's a projection i think a more close reading of the harkonnens and what they represent um and this is something that astro and i said when we were, we were watching this film together was that I think that any sort of uh, queerness that's inherent to the Harkonnens and it's there, like, and I would say in the ways that they view each other, like, like yes, they're all very homoerotic towards each other. But I feel oh, I yeah. see it as a more like nationalistic kind of thing. Well, I read them as if, if there's any criticism I to be made think here, so. I, I, it seems more Greek. Yeah, I guess Greek. Like that's what I mean, though. Like very like, give like, me the young like, like it's like a. Bl- I mean, like very like proud of their bloodline and shit like that. That's they're, what I'm saying. Like very, but also like, predi- but they're, yeah, like they're, uh, or or what is it? Pet pederast? Yeah, but pet- pederasty or whatever. Oh, totally pederasty. That, that, that's the that's more so the Romans than the Greeks. Are really? Yeah. I don't know. Or the Ro- what, whoever what's the difference? Really. Uh, <laughs> uh, whoever no. really enjoyed philosophizing with with young boys yes yes exactly romans or greeks i uh no but i no but the, i think the harkonnens are clearly uh gay communists is the they're thing. gay communists they're, or, or if anything they're they're they're, they're they gay, don't they, seem like communists they're no sorry they're not gay communists they're gay soviets i should say yes how be not 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 in reality but the american perception of the, the soviets Ameri- yes no, oh okay because yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what i saw them more as is like i saw them more as like because like this whole thing i was talking to Carl, like isn't this like about like the middle east and stuff and the conflict in the Middle East oh, yes, that time. Clearly. And clearly. like and because like to Arrakis, me, like in that analogy, Arrakis, like yeah, that they, Shaddam. Exactly. Like, exactly. I mean it was clear. And like to me, like we need what you call it? The Harkonnens clearly to me were like uh, the American perception of the USSR at that time. Yeah, yeah. So that's why it's like I don't see them as like homophobic. I see them as like Russia, yeah. like, you know, communist scare red scare shit you know yeah, like that's yeah, what yeah. i see it as they're, they're they're gay and they're vying for political and power they're just and disease- stay, yeah, exactly. stay home exactly like, you know. stay home and they're just like but that floating device is one of the funniest things i have ever seen in a film like <laughs> oh my god like a good time it was so great anytime i like when he first gets up, when, it, when he flies up at first i literally like burst out laughing like i just was like holy shit i yeah the, Entertain at at first. I I went through all stages of grief as it relates to watching <laughs> this performance. Uh, the Vlad, Vlad Harkonnen, uh, both being miraculously uh, enthused by his ability to fly, uh, getting fi- finding it tiresome, going back to finding it awesome, and then once again being like Jesus Christ, can they just get down, man? It's like Vlad. We're all standing here in this room. We're all talking. There's no need for you to look down on us physically as we have this conversation. 
Um, it was just hanging from the ceiling. Um, yes. What were you saying? I'm sorry. You can go you talk about how risk he's doing because I don't know shit. Before Lynch took over production, uh, like I just wanted to provide a little bit of context. Like uh, this famous Chilean, uh, or or maybe I should say at this point infamous Chilean uh, <laughs> filmmaker, uh, a magician, was scheduled to scheduled was was hired to originally produce direct and and write uh dune and uh spent like several years i i think at least like three three or four years like uh coming up writing uh concepts drawing stuff like hired a whole like creative team and uh you know was was totally uh on board to adapt the book but for i guess reasons of uh money and just other stuff like the whole the grand scale like uh this guy wanted magma and pink floyd to do the music yeah that's right Yo, he wanted that. salvador dali as the emperor orson wells and then mick jagger too mick jack like this was like that's rad. gonna be intense and very costly um, do you so think that would have planned out? Do you think that uh, would have been a better Dune adaptation than what we saw? Yes, <laughs> I I don't know. With a Pink Partially, Floyd and Magma score, I don't. Pink Floyd and Magma no. beat, beat fucking beat. Fucking. I'm glad. I'm kind of glad. Toto. He didn't end up making it, just because. Uh, also, relatedly. Uh, turns out Yodorowsky is like, to say the least, uh, kind of problematic. Oh, I mean, uh, yeah, of course. Like, I dude's mean... kind of obsessed with, like, rape and uh, just the way he treats his, the uh, women actresses on set and do stuff. You wanna and know, uh, do you want to know? Like, thinks he's sad. I have a, like, I have a, I have a story, actually, related to that. Um, my... Um, I had a professor that's in college who was my first ex- like my first real like experimental film professor and she was telling me she was a it's very interesting because she was a big Hodorowski fan and like introduced me to Hodorowski but she was like uh she showed us the holy mountain or whatever and yeah um she was like and after it she was like yeah Hodorowski uh uh, originally wanted me to play like this one like small like very small like two because oh, like she had met him at a party or something like back in like the 70s she was older and mm-hmm. and then i was like well why what happened and she goes oh like he would he'd only let me do it if i would sleep with him so i wouldn't and i was and she's like so like through casually like through that like through that then i was like jesus fuck. i'm like jesus it truly was like a, like it's just like crazy how different it was back then like it's insane well it's still even now like with uh the weinstein and company. oh totally but i feel like that happens a little bit less at least in like the independent film round i feel like there's a little bit more ironically like studios and stuff trying to hold their people accountable because they're independent studios because because they rely on each other's support so much while these major studios just don't give a shit but like at the time like Hodorowsky wasn't like 
a big Hollywood person. He wasn't making movies no. like for like Weinstein or anything. He was like a no, weirdo. No, it was what? Which, like, you know, that's not to say that weirdos are not incapable of being yeah. freaks, which usually they often are. Yeah, more often but, than not. But it's just wild how like, like my professor, the way they like talked about it, it was just like, yeah, you know, he wanted to sleep with me and I wouldn't do it. So that was that. And I'm just like, damn, like that was just the norm. Like, it's just like, you just brush it off. It's crazy. Yeah. It's fucked up. But so far... So, well, yes, yeah, so Lynch. I, I haven't heard no shit about Lynch. I've heard only enjoyable things about Lynch on set. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so Lynch is Lynch is Lynch is an unproblematic fave. I think in, we are in just terms in of humanity and just being a decent guy. Glad that Dune turned out the way it did. Also, like, <laughs> and I don't know if I said this on the re-record or whatever, mm-hmm. but. Uh, or the uh, Dune 2.0, I guess, recording. <laughs> this is part two. This is Dune fucking part two, love, like the new Fucking one. love the, this movie. The effects are hit or miss, mostly miss. Oh, yeah, the special effects. But the, the practical, the mm-hmm. model work, the matte paintings, mm-hmm. um, the soundtrack with fucking Br- uh, Brian Eno and Toto. Mm-hmm. Uh, Very bizarre. So good. And I got to say, uh, I disagree, Connor, with the casting. Uh, the only person who I felt did a terrible job, and that's because he reminded me of one current famous musician turned actor whose name uh, I won't bring up on this episode. What is it? What does it rhyme with? Uh, Merid Beto. Oh. Uh, uh, Sting deservedly, I think, did a very shitty job in this sting movie. is but uh, that, that, patrick stewart you have max von sidow back uh, yeah the all, it was a pretty all-star kyle cast. mclock like everyone killed the guy that uh the uh fremen guy uh everett mcgill it's not these big ed Amazing. from twin peaks right yeah yeah, Big yeah. Ed's in there. Uh, Jack Nance Jack is Nance. there. Fucking, fucking Pete yes. Martell is in there. I was so oh, amped. Um, Half Brad of the Peace cast is in that Come fucking on. thing. Also, also the little girl, the little girl that plays the sister, creepy as fuck. Yeah, she was Amazing. creepy as fuck. Um, um, I thought the cast was stacked and yeah, did I had a no great beef with the cast with what was. With what they were I mean, given, Kyle MacLachlan was the dialogue. in that role, but I loved it for the novelty of Kyle MacLachlan being in that role. So it redeemed itself for me in that way. Uh, also, famously co-starring Kyle MacLachlan's hair. Oh my <laughs> that god, fucking was, hair! Was, it was, the best supporting well, actor. That was, was probably the best like his better. hair looked. Like that might have been yeah. the hottest Kyle MacLachlan look. Like he's he's a real stud in that one. I do um, think that um, it was the dialogue for me that was poor. Yeah, not the actors are acting. That's 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 a fair critique. I do think that um, McLe- like MacLachlan's performance. Uh, first of all, I think that like him at this point in his career was like I, I can't see anyone else in '84 being. Uh, be like occupying the role of Paul Atreides in the way that in the way that he did like you know he is just like cr- like star power charisma out the wazoo definitely like could play into this role of like the the, the ascendant uh member of this noble class very uncertain about their future his first major film role and i think he 
does a great job. I always forget that that was his first. Like that was his first big film this role. This is a which breakout is pretty wild. Role. It's before fucking Blue Velvet or Twin Peaks or anything. It's pretty wild. And yeah. I mean, of course, if it, when you're an actor of his age and get a role for the bajillion dollar movie like this, fuck yeah, you're gonna take that shit. I'm like, yeah, oh, absolutely. Should we uh, circle back to what we were saying about this film geopolitically? You think? Or? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, so yeah, I yeah, think it's sure. clear. Uh, I I need to do more on the historical context of when the book was written mm-hmm. but um 65 certainly at the time that this was made and very clearly with uh, character names and planet names like arrakis kind of similar to iraqi uh or iraqis um emperor shaddam saddam hussein so i think it's very clear like um you know we got to get the spice and it's only found on one planet in the inf- entire fucking universe yeah, it's, it's like, like only only yeah they're really only uh petrol oil LSD can be found oil. in the middle east like it's very clear like, that's what i'm gonna start doing they're gonna start putting lsd in oil and that's gonna be the new that's gonna be like spice real life you can just honestly you can drink it you can start drink they're like drink the gasoline motherfuckers <laughs> well yeah i mean people drink uh what ethyl already yeah True. so what's like might as well yeah. So I wonder anyway, if, uh, I wonder yeah. if there was a problem. LSD in the gasoline coming to you, twenty twenty two. I wonder if there were any problems on Arrakis of people putting uh, spice in plastic bags because they thought that uh, Emperor uh, Joe Biden was going to raise the price of it <laughs> in, in the near future. I, I do have a question, mm-hmm. and I don't think it's. I think it's addressed early on the film, and I probably just forget. Mm-hmm. Uh, or it's not addressed at all, and I, in which case I'll have to read the book, which is fine. But uh, are the Fremen the indigenous people of Arrakis? Yes. Yeah. Okay. It wasn't very. It was like very weirdly that explained what was up with that. Seemed unclear yes. to me. I think that. Um, yeah, and then you get you get those blue eyes when you for living on Arrakis, and also it is a signifier of whether or not you are a. Uh, a true freedom fighter, truly fighting for for Arrakis, for, uh, Arrakis sovereignty. Isn't that sovereignty. supposed to be like the because like I was reading, like the ending in the book is apparently completely different. Like Cal McLaughlin's character gets killed in the end, and then like his consciousness or something, essentially like becomes like this universal unconscious controlling the army to victory or something. Hmm. It's like very like metaphysical. Like oh, the book cool. is very metaphysical, at least my impression of what I was reading of some of the differences. Yeah. I, uh, I, I think him becoming a Masonic character uh, as it relates to the plot of this uh, was always interesting to square with uh, like, you know, taking away like looking at an individual throwing off the shackles of nobility to uh, side themselves with this uh, indigenous revolution. Uh, I'm like, all right, all good, all great. And then it's like, no, but he's actually the anointed one. And this, well, that's a point of contention that Frank Herbert had with this movie adaptation. Frank Herbert wrote, I enjoyed the film even as a, as a cut. And I, told it as i saw what reached the screen is a visual feast that begins as dune begins and you hear my dialogue all through it but he commented i have my quibbles about the film of course paul was a man and this is an italics playing god not a god who can make it rain mm. Mm. 
Yeah, and I I would say that like you know as an adaptation, that's kind of where it fails. Uh, yeah, like from an ideological. Well, it's kind of like what's what well, are you trying it, to it say turns with into this movie? Like, like a what white is the point film. of this? What is this yeah. movie saying? No, yeah, what Era just said. Like you know, it it, go, it goes from you know revolution story. to white savior. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's a messiah story, and it's just like I'm not interested in that. Yeah, it's it's okay when the CIA comes in and trains our guys uh, on how to throw off the shackles of imperialism. Uh, mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, when you when you're making it rain, that's uh, this this goes from this goes from like you know third world Maoist to like color revolution essentially. And I I have my qualms with that. It, it's a, it's a shame too because you can you can take away a lot from this adaptation in terms of the the ideology of like what's going on um and then it just go, goes like at the end when you know fucking uh paul Mwadib, not paul hds anymore makes it rain uh and it's just literally makes it rain on dem hoes <laughs> on dem fremen i also uh yeah i i don't know if this is worth criticizing but i do think that it's very funny that uh, Frank Herbert goes uh, out of his way to essentially make the language of Iraq is equivalent to that of Arabic. Um, you have Shay, well, Shai Haldun is what they say in in the film. Uh, Shai meaning in Arabic is Shay, and Haldun meaning something uh, eternal. I want to make sure that I'm I'm getting this right before I uh, Shay Halud. My bad. Um, which so it's, it's essentially the worms translation in Arabic is thing eternal. And then you have all these like white actors as Fremen butchering uh, Arabic <laughs> pronunciations. And yeah. I get it. Yeah. It's Arrakis. It's not actual Arabic. Like whatever, it definitely whatever, sounds whatever. like Arabic. What, what? Yeah. But it's just, it, it's just, <laughs> it's it, definitely made to sound like Arabic. Yeah. But it, yeah. Arab, Arabic, like the, the type of Arabic that I would have spoke after one semester of. Oh like, yeah. It's incredibly course. bad. Like it's incredibly like just like baseline, but <laughs> in, s- in a general sense, I had, I had a hard time doing the same sort of like ideological analysis of this. Well, film I guess we- for me, my biggest beef with this film is like, yeah, it's just like, I don't under I don't understand. And Lynch personally himself doesn't understand what he said because Lynch disavows this movie. He doesn't like talking about it in his interviews. Like, he is not proud of this film. So he has at least, like, he himself is uh, disappointed in whatever he did because I, I, and I just feel like the main, my main problem with it is because it, like, it doesn't really, it has a lot of stuff in it. But it's, like, stuff, but it's not really, like, what is threading this film ideologically together beyond just plot? Yeah. And it's just like Lynch is one of the most esoteric, surreal directors ever. And I think, well, like, what do you mean by that? It's, it's, uh, I'm going to say your like plot comment. Well, it's like, I Lynch is somebody who I believe, I believe like plot is more like, I feel like plot is the last thing on his mind. Plot is an excuse for him to explore ideas and dreamlike ideas and stuff like that. And the plot is kind of like secondary, secondary to that, which is why he works with a lot of dream logic and stuff like that that doesn't make sense in a narrative in a typical narrative form. So the narrative of his films, like for a film like Racerhead, for example, the narrative of that film is very thin in regards to like there's not much that like happens but a lot happens and it's like the and so like this film it felt like the very opposite where it's just like there's too much stuff 
Lynch just got so bogged down by all the props and the sets and the lore and the exposition. The toys. The, the, toys. the toys, essentially, and just being like, forgetting like, oh, I'm making a movie. Like, I'm making an esoteric thing, which like I, I think I would consider Lynch an esoteric director. I looked at this as like the uh, the World War One of of cinema in some ways, which is to, which is to say that they were. <laughs> what does that mean? I'm going. The I'm getting fuck? there. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. World War One. You got a bunch of superpowers. And they got a bunch of toys. They want to show off. You want to show off your Roblox, uh, like you know, CGI co- trial by combat. Yeah, there's just too many CGI. But but what what is the end result of of throwing all these toys against one another? Utter despair and destruction. Uh, and that's 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 my analogy, and I'm sticking with it, and I'm definitely not going to it out. Um, uh, I got I, a strongly a hard disagree with that analogy. <laughs> in a meta analysis of this film, um, in something that it uh, that ties it into the film that we initially talked about doing this week, uh, Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Um, I did think that it was interesting, you know, even when you conceptualize like a far future universe that you still have the vestiges of capitalism. Like we, mm-hmm. we, we can we can conceptualize interplanetary travel, um, but what's, what do we see as something that's never going away? Uh, thorny geopolitics re- and resource wars. Mm-hmm. Um, and Era, I think you said that you looked at, you saw that sort of choice as a, product of the time in which this film was made and i was wondering if we could go into that a little well more. my question also this is sorry before we get into that yeah is like it's also the assumption that like capitalism is a universal form of like it's not just like exactly. humans have developed, like this is like aliens and other people independently have developed capitalism and it's just like the idea that capitalism is intrinsic to civilization development and it's like maybe for humans on, on Earth, for what we have, but we have this arrogance right. that we assume that everything develops the same way as that, we do. That this is the, uh, like, sort of the Fukuyama end of history. Well, it's like, yeah, like, who knows? Some aliens might have never even had capitalism. Marxism, they might have had some completely abstractified economics. It's just like, it's so weird seeing people try to predict that shit. But even, like, for humans themselves who are, like, you know, I think we're supposed to see the humans in this, car- in this yeah. film as, like descendants of star-faring people from earth Mm -hmm. um they like really you've got up until are they from earth i well i think they're supposed to be the descendants of people from oh they're descendants yeah um yeah one thing that it's like even like you know eight thousand years in the future nobody can conceptualize of of any sort of geopolitical or um economic system that surpasses capitalism even in the year even even in the year ten thousand. but beyond that um, we can't even move past the concept of nobility of of yeah, of, right. of, of authority being handed down from God empire yeah I and it's I it's you know it's funny it's like obviously like you know Herbert is when he was writing the source materials basing it on what's happening on of our ter- our terrestrial plane mm-hmm. but um I just think it's like it's like the quote from Inception. You shouldn't be afraid to dream a little bigger. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I... And, yeah, it makes for good dream. Well, I guess that comes into, though, is, like, or then I feel like maybe if they dream bigger, though, it would be, like, you don't want to make it utopian either. You know what I'm saying? It's, like, you'd have to essentially create an economic model that is worse than capitalism to make it not utopian. But But contemporaneous to this, we had fucking Star Trek. 
like you yeah, know which true. which is by which is by no means like capitalistic in its approach to what uh what our relation what our relationships between mm-hmm. one another like as individuals and as people mm-hmm. you know well, i guess i guess i just see it as like you know we there's no way to humanly predict what the economic models would be in the 6000 years in the future and so no but it doesn't have to be capitalism mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it exactly. does not and, and this is a like i'm just going to use this as an example cuz mm-hmm. like this is f- for some whatever reason like what i'm thinking of but like Anytime any creator makes a choice, like it doesn't have to be based in what's currently like going on right now or what's happened before. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I, I think both the book and the movie, no country for old men, Mm -hmm. uh, is extremely sexist and extremely like it's very uh we could that's probably a stay tuned or something but mm-hmm. like hyper masculine um, i think maybe. but yeah like javier bardem's like basically the devil character mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. did not have to kill uh the guy's wife spoiler mm-hmm. alert uh at the end of the movie or toward the end of the movie i uh, like well, there was no reason for him to actually do that well at all i would but the there's, author, there's a whole argument that i could argue for that but once again that's a whole other thing that we could do yeah because uh but in any event like the author didn't have to make that decision and neither did the filmmaker even though they're adapting the book and so uh the basically the point is like just because we have capitalism now doesn't mean uh it, that's what it's going to be like uh, a year from now, decades from now, centuries from now, uh, in our planetary universes from now. Like, uh, and and also like, say what you want, but like, uh, like socialism in various forms, like hasn't failed. Uh, there's five varieties of it still in existence. That yeah. are still, of course, in their own unique uh, and, and very and you know various whatever ways, theoretical or not, uh, still exist and are still uh, counter to the capitalist system. Well, exactly, but we want to ignore all that because we're we're America and everything is America. about us. We're the main, oh, but we're, we got a bad we've got a bad case of main character syndrome. Yeah. Well, real quick, uh, just to go back. And to try to answer Connor's question mm-hmm. of me saying that I think this part of the, the reason why the movie is the way it is is that it's a product of its times. It's because like this came out of, or this was created uh, after the decade of detente between the Soviet Union and the United States, and so you have like you know two superpowers who are trying to. Uh, become more openly diplomatic more openly um verbal with each other uh communicate more openly and despite those appearances to the world and to each other uh they're, they're like both countries are still doing like secret shit uh you know i i think uh at this time you have like the u.s uh and forgive me if like my 
history years are not or are misaligned but like you have like iran uh and jimmy carter then getting into the 80s you know it's like nicaragua with reagan and all this other like you have iran iraq war then you have the afghanistan war in the uh, mid to late 80s where like you know the fucking u.s funds and trains the mujahideen who will then most or some members will leave that and become taliban uh, like we fucking trained osama bin laden like we gave that guy money we loved the taliban because they were supposed to defeat the soviet union in afghanistan and uh, and the we, afghani people so like, like the law and order thing at the end of the episode what what do you mean this episode or it was it what's the one film is like this film is dedicated to the brave rambo 2 I it's think. rambo 2 i thought that was law and order for some reason it may it may be the original rambo i think where the uh, the, the end the end of this podcast this this podcast is dedicated <laughs> to the brave mujahideen fighters of afghanistan <laughs> yeah but it's like so immediate so all hindsight. that's just all that's to say uh that like I think that's why there's like some emphasis on the like geopolitics mm-hmm. of this movie. Yeah, and I not think... just like the book, but like I think also like helped inform the adaptation of the book in, in the movie. Just like in a in a wider sense, though, like despite the fact that this film is rooted in uh, like eighties internation covert action what have you uh that's that sort of framework uh is still very i don't want to say it's universal but it's still very pertinent today i mean like oh oh absolutely that's not to say like it stopped or ceased to exist in the 80s no Mm -hmm. well of course like it's going on right now absolutely well it's yeah yeah haunted that's the real specter that's that's the real specter haunting us all is reagan is that we can't not see this film uh (laughs) that it's something that was that was written but from herbert's experiences uh you know 60 years ago roughly uh we we can't not see it through that same sort of uh freedom fighter slash terrorist whatever uh framework that we understand in 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 geopolitics today nope no it's it it it, that is that is the time eternal other element of this film is is so long so long as we have uh capitalism uh and geopolitical infighting there 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 will be covert cia uh factionalism Mm -hmm. uh to to undermine uh, geopolitical rivals. It's a coup of a yeah. coup of a coup. It's a coup of a coup of a coup, yeah. So it well, just keeps happening. Yeah. Do you have any more juice to get out of this? I got no, I mean, like, the, like as I was saying, it was like a, hitting a brick wall for me with this one. But No, it was this inc- movie's fucking amazing. It was incredible. I'm very, I had a great time watching Love it. Love it. Um, I had a good time. I'm sure I'll watch it again in the future. Like honestly, I suggest everyone should. I think everybody should watch it. Like that's it's definitely like a movie. Like if people are like, should I watch Dune? I'll be like, yeah, you need to watch. You need to experience this movie. It's an experience, as yeah. any Lynch film is. There's a couple things that I wanted to see in this film that I wrote down. One, I wanted that one that Astra pointed out. I wanted to see these uh, subway sandwich looking ships end up in a Suez Canal uh, situation. 
uh, trying to docking, trying to redock on <laughs> on every planet. Oh my god! Just jam up the whole fucking thing. Uh, <laughs> yes. Space. What else? The future is uh, the future is military contracting. Yeah, I'd like to figure out who's Halliburton in this film. Uh, uh, yeah, probably right. po- probably uh, the the Atreides house. I yeah. Imagine. Um. Perhaps. What else? Yeah, I would I would like for us to um. Uh, what what a nightmare it would be. I mean, we're already drifting back towards uh, the new nobility in America. We've got fucking tech barons uh, mm-hmm. with with uh, with oh, fucking, fucking. And then we have running yeah. running feudal ass uh, work agreements like fucking Bezos. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, perhaps the future. You know, I would love to travel uh, interplanetary at some point in my life. Probably won't happen, but I would <laughs> I would I would hate to do it. Uh, because I did the official podcast of of of, of Lord Elon Musk. Man, uh, if if like I would be so like I probably I could never go to space because like if they invented space if they ever invented some way for civilian space travel which would probably never plausibly happen in our lifetime. But if it did, it would be towards the end of our lives, and I'd be scared about dying, and I don't want to die in space. Yeah. So it's like if I'm an old boomer dude, I'm not gonna go up there. I'm gonna be like I'm gonna stay down here. You all go up there. I said it before, but I'm excited to. Uh, I want to be traveling by Wormback uh, this summer. Just do DMT. Me, <laughs> just be, uh, me, me and, and Astro City bikes on DMT. <laughs> just in the middle of like a Brooklyn street. Just go bike. on the Joe Rogan podcast. He, you know, he probably rides sandworms all the time in his sensory wow, dep- in his sensory dude. deprivation chamber. Yeah, and I do like that this film. Um, for all no of its, <laughs> and uh, again, getting back to the white savior component of this, how mm. is the how's conflict ended at the end of Dune? It's uh, it really just boils down to trial by combat by two individuals from from noble houses, exactly. Um, which I, for one, I think we should democratize trial by combat to to settle ideological disputes. Honestly, uh, I think trial by combat is not the worst idea. It saves no. a lot of bloodshed. Yes, yes. It saves a lot we of bloodshed. See- we see it in uh, I think it's called. Oh no 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 no! It's not the king. I get it confused. It's Henry the Fifth, I think. Mm. Not with Timothy Hamlet. Chalamet and uh, Robert oh, Pattinson. Yeah. Who's in like, Hamlet? Who, that movie's so good. Timmy Chalamet, who will also be in the in the remake, twenty twenty one's Dune. Yeah, new new Dune. Um, new Dune. Yeah, new Dune. I think I think we've said everything we want to say. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, what uh, do you know? Costumes. Oh, costumes. Love the costumes. Love the costumes. And Loki love the uh, symbolism of like a lot of these war costumes, like House Mm -hmm. of Treaties, looking like uh, Nazi uniforms. Yeah, Mm. picked it up, Lynch. Mm -hmm. We got. I got. Mm -hmm. I'm on to you. I thought they were Habsburgs. Is the thing. It was like it was very Germanic. It was like Germanic. It was German. It was very Germanic for sure. Or um, like Eastern European, yeah. Um, just various, like, just what's wh- what do you want these co- these military costumes to look like? And it's just like Lynch, like looking from the other side of the room, and he just says, "Slap!" Like that. Germans. <laughs> Slop. Slop. Give me the Germans. I want the them Germans. to look German. That means they're bad. I want them to look He's like. He's got that American, like, black and white view of like good and evil. It's great. Yeah. Autobot the German army work. was bad, so we'll make a treaties <laughs> exactly. good, but have their um, have you, army um, look bad. Have you? Do you know what you, you want to do next week? 
Uh, no. Okay. That's fine. We can define. We can. I can also pick one. I can just do mine. I can pick one also. Do you have one in mind? I was gonna do the one after era, but it's like if we need. We can switch it up a little bit. I'm I'm fine with it. Unless you want. Unless you want to take time. Well, we kind of were talking. I feel like, uh, it would fit a little bit or help continue the theme of this movie. Uh, explored a little bit more in depth. Uh, let's. Uh, uh, well, I don't know how you'd find it, but uh, the spook who sat by the door. Yeah, I would be down. The spook who sat. But what is that? I don't know what that is. It's about a the first black CIA agent who learns uh, revolutionary tactics from the CIA and uses it to uh, lead a revolution in the United States. Oh shit! I'm totally down for that. Let's do it. I'm down. Cool. Are we allowed? Is are we allowed to say "spook" on here? Is that like that's a slur, isn't it? It's also a term for like a cop, though. It is. Yeah. Okay. Wait, is it really? Yeah, like a like a well, like a CIA spook is like true. That no, that that's what it's in reference to. Well, I guess it's a double entendre. Yeah, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be a double entendre. It's very interesting. It's very interesting. Um, Because yeah, because like CIA. Because CIA, yeah, because CIA men in black are described as like spooks, but then also, okay, I didn't know that. But then it also can be that it's like a very old racial slur. It's yeah. like yeah, like that's like, it's like I from like the forties. Thought it, that's what it. Yeah, it's like like from like the forties. I thought I forgot about the CIA one though. But that's that's actually a really good title actually for the movie. Yeah. That's a that's a great double entendre. You want me to wrap this up? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, we were still recording. Yeah, oh, we're still. Recording. I thought we cut. <laughs> Say uh, thanks for listening to this uh, this very fun episode of uh, Ghost Kino. Uh, hope to see you next week. Bye. 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 Take, take care. All right, we're done. <laughs>